Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I, uh, I just need to read the whole chapter. Okay. Um, if you can stand, I would ask that you stand for the reading of the word. Thank you all so much, amen, for just leading us in worship this morning. My heart's been very, very troubled, um, to be honest with you, since some time back during the coronavirus, I don't say this like super spiritual, I've never been much of a TV watcher, even when I was in my addiction, um, so it's not a spiritual thing, but it did become spiritual when fear began to grip me because of the coronavirus. It became spiritual in my life in that moment because I was ready to shut the doors of the church and the devil was telling me that I was going to cause everyone in here to die. And the next morning I woke up and I was reading in the book of Luke and it just simply said, take no bags with you. I've told you to go to the lost sheep and lay hands on the sick and pray for them. Just one scripture that I read that morning. and Then the Lord just very gently came to me and he just said this. If this is all you had, what are your directions for the day? And I said, then Lord, it's to go lay hands on the sick and take no bags with me. Don't prepare anything, just go. And he said, then turn the television off, turn the media off, and quit allowing them to have rule and reign in your mind and dictate and determine how you lead my people and go lay hands on the sick and take no bags. I said, okay, Lord. So today I just come to share the word of God, and I pray that it's moves us and helps us, strengthens us. I can tell you it's not just another day. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. We celebrate the death of Jesus. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But somehow we've forsaken and forgotten the birthday of the church. <laughs> Today's the birthday of the church. <laughs> then why don't we just sweep the day of Pentecost under the rug and don't celebrate the birthday of the church? And let me say this to you, the same way the church came in, it will go out. Amen. It will be the same. So Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And there appeared unto them, I'm sorry, in verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say they were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Somebody say, I got to be the one to speak. He don't do it all for me. If you speak in English, you got to be the one to speak. Although somebody taught you how to speak in English, nobody can make you talk. The Holy Ghost can give you the utterance but you still have to speak. I see so many people don't receive the baptism because I don't want it to be me. It's got to be you. I said it has to be you. Somebody taught you how to speak in English. The Holy Ghost teaches you how to speak in tongues. A man don't teach you. Ain't nobody going to walk around speaking in an unknown language and just say, oh, you know, who taught you that? Well, I don't know. The Holy Ghost did. Amen. 
Amen. I'll be in a store praying in tongues. A lot of times people say, what is he doing? He from, no, I'm from here. Just need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just need the, y'all do that too? Anybody ever do that? Amen. Don't look at me like I'm on a crazy one. Amen. Somebody say, I got to speak. Amen. The Holy Ghost will give you the utterance you have to pray. Amen. As the Spirit gave them utterance, verse 5, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Liba, about Siren, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Verse 14, but Peter, hallelujah, oh Peter. But Peter, I said this some time back, I believe that that verse 14, but Peter is there because but Peter was the only one willing to get out of the boat when the storm blew up. Don't focus on that he sank. I believe Jesus marked that down in his mind and in his heart and said, oh, who am I going to get to preach on Pentecost? The only one that was willing to get out of the boat when the storm blew up. Come on, somebody. Amen. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Let me tell you, if this is your first time experiencing Pentecost, we're not drunk. Amen. 18 years ago, I could show you what a drunk looked like. I could show you what a dope head looked like. I could show you what a meth head looked like. But I can tell you now, this is the Holy Ghost. Amen. I tell you, there's joy in this Holy Ghost. There's joy in this drunkenness. Amen. But this is that. Somebody say, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it came to pass, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Somebody get a hold of that this morning. Amen. Somebody just put your children's name right there. They shall prophesy. Dalen, Brennan, and Lakin, that's my three boys. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to prophesy. You know why I say that? Because God's word just told me they were. They may not know they are yet, but God does. Amen. Amen. Your children may not know that yet either, but God does. And it shall come to pass. Verse 18, I'm sorry. Well, let me back. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants... And on my handmaiden, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Ye have taken by wicked hands, have crucified and slain. Brother David, will you come help me? Whew. Verse 23, him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God have taken that by the wicked hands have crucified and slain, 
whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foreknew the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy ones to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, and thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which we know now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he himself, the Lord, said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now then, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be ye baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, he, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation, that they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same there were added unto them about three thousand souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. They sold their possessions and their goods and parted to them unto all men, as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added unto the church daily, as such should be saved. How's a lot to read. Thank you for stepping in and helping me, Brother David. Amen. Thank you, church, for standing to honor God's word. I know we read a lot, but just bear with me. Amen. I've titled this message today, Pentecost in a Pandemic. Pentecost in a Pandemic. We have been in a pandemic the last three or four months, whatever, in the world and whoever you want to say, the enemy. I'm not saying the enemy's behind it all. But here's what I do know. The church has been shut in. People have been shut in. But let me tell you, Pentecost still comes in the middle of a pandemic. The pandemic cannot stop Pentecost. It was never able to stop Pentecost, and it never will be able to stop Pentecost. You shut folks in with the Holy Ghost, and you watch the way they come out. All I know is I serve notice on the devil is he has seen nothing yet. He has seen nothing yet. I finally heard Chaplain Pickett's message this morning. And he said, there's an upgrade coming. He said, there's an upgrade coming. He said, you've not seen nothing yet. Amen. This man don't even know me. He said, I don't know why God gave me a dream about GFCC. He said, but there's an upgrade that is coming. Amen. So let me tell you, Pentecost will still go forth in the middle of a pandemic. Amen. Let me tell you, it may not come to everybody because not everybody's willing to assemble and still be who God has called the church to be. Amen. We've been swayed by man. We've been governed by, by government and man. But let me tell you, when Pentecost comes, he comes to shift the dimensions and shift the atmospheres of everything. 
The problem with Pentecost is not Pentecost. The problem with Pentecost is people. I said the problem with Pentecost is people, not Pentecost. Amen. You know, a lot of people have problems with Pentecost. A lot of people have problems with this church. You know why? Because it's the people. The problem's not Pentecost. The problem's the people. Amen. The issue is within the people. Because when Pentecost fully comes, it begins to shift the atmosphere and the dimensions of your life. Amen. The problem is not Pentecost. Pentecost is the word of the Lord. The problem is fickle-minded people. I said the problem is fickle-minded people that will open ourselves up to every demonic thing in the world and put our faith and our hope and trust in things just like I've done. Everything, oh, give me a little meth here. Give me a little dope here. Give me a little bit here. Let me do this. Let me watch this. I give in to everything. Why? Because I was looking for satisfaction and fulfillment. About 18 years ago, I found Christ in a jail cell. And about 10 years ago, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Let me tell you, I never knew what fulfillment was, child of God, until I received Christ and then the fullness of Pentecost. What is that fullness? It is the baptism by fire. Hallelujah. I said the problem is not Pentecost, it's people. Amen. It's people. You say, what are you saying, preacher? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm saying. I'm glad you asked. Amen. Here's the thing. Chapter 2, verse 13. As the Holy Ghost was moving, cloven tongues as fire. Unity right in the middle of it. People are apart. They're like, oh my God. I can't understand how I can hear everybody's language in my own, in my own language. Amen. I can understand everything. Man, they were just like, they were wow. But here's, listen, verse 13. Others. There's them others. Who's them others? Oh, you know who they are. Come on. We've been one of them before. Come on, somebody. Y'all help me preach on this Pentecost Sunday this morning, will you? Hey, I might need turned up a little bit, Isaiah. I can't hear me good enough. I don't know if they're hearing me. Amen. There's them others. I mean, the Holy Ghost is moving. Cloven tongues as of fire. Amen. Cloven tongues as a fire. Unity has come. The day of Pentecost is here. But yet there are them others. What are the others doing? They're just talking about what's going on. Ah, <laughs> oh, they some under the sound of my voice. They some others in this house this morning. <laughs> you've been sitting back mocking what's been going on. Come on. I said, you've been mocking what's been going on this morning. Well, I don't understand that. Well, I can't wait to get out of this church this morning. I won't never find myself back there. Oh, you better watch out what you just said. I love when people say they'll never come back here because there's coming a day where your house may be on fire. Your children may be possessed by the devil, bound by addiction. Where you going to bring them babies? You're going to bring them you said you're going to bring them when you're bound, when you're stuck. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You're going to bring them to a Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. 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 All them others. All them others. Hey, mocking what's going on. All them others. I never knew what that word mockers really meant. You know what it means? Talking smack. I didn't know that. Not really smack. I said that, but it says running their mouth, talking lip. Oh, yeah. You don't believe me? Get your strongs out and look it up. Amen. Here's what it says to throw out the lip. To throw out the lip. Talking about what's going on. A speaking mouth. They spoke against Pentecost. <laughs> I wonder why what's going on in the world today. Everybody's worried now about the rioting right down the road. <laughs> Everybody's worried about it right now. Some of you's got family that's right in the middle of it. Are we worried now? I wonder if you'll allow God to take you back when you talked about this. 
I said, I wonder if we'll allow God to take us back when we talked about the Holy Ghost. When we talked about this day of Pentecost, we wonder why there's a strange fire going on in the world because we've forsaken the holy fire. Strange fire always brings death, but a holy fire will always bring repentance. That world can't repent. You know why? Not right there because they're caught up in the strange fire. You know why? Because the church let the fire go out. They're just looking for a fire somewhere. And if they got to build one in the world, they'll build one in the world. But I come to declare over this house, it's time. It's time. Cut down the wood. Let's build a fire so they got somewhere to go. They're not looking to repent right now, brother. They're looking for fire. They're not looking for repentance. They're looking for a fire. Well, the church quit building one. We quit building Pentecost. We quit building fires, brother Michael. Oh, let's just have three songs and sit down and send people home and shut up. Don't break routine. We might lose half the people. We lose their nickels and their noses. You keep trying to preach to them, you will. These big buildings everywhere, go fill them up. That's easy. But when you build a fire. You see, light always exposes darkness. So people that talk about this... They just don't want their darkness to get exposed. But they're good at looking churchianity. You know, but boy, you don't take that jacket off. You might really see what's there. Don't build build a fire because you may really know who I am. (laughs) Let me tell you, but when Pentecost fully comes, you don't care who you are. It don't matter. I'm exposed. I'm laid bare before God and everybody. And thank God for Pentecost because without the baptism of fire, I wouldn't be able to make it anyway. Without the grace of God, I wouldn't be able to make it anyway. That's why Paul said, I brag about my weakness. I boast about my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That same power is the Holy Ghost power. It's a dynamite, dunamis power. This Holy Ghost will cause you to be broken so that power can pour out. The problem is not Pentecost, it's people. Them others, be careful for them others. Oh, they some others didn't show up here today. I was hoping they would. They didn't come. I said, where's them others? Oh, there's always some others in the crowd. You know what I'm saying? There's always them others mocking what's going on. Talking about the men of God, the women of God. Who Brother David talked about. How we talk about this fire, we'll end up in hellfire. Amen. The problem is not Pentecost, it's people. Amen. The problem in this world today is that we've mocked this. We've talked about this. We've not been committed to this. When I say this, the Bible says this is that. I believe we're in a Pentecostal church this morning. Amen. Amen. In the middle of confusion, I felt confusion earlier. Still a Pentecostal church. There was confusion at the church at Corinth. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. He don't let anything. Amen. Thank God. In the middle of the devil fighting, in the middle of people getting born again, guess what? God is still God, and the Holy Ghost of God is still moving. He's still saving. He's still feeling. I said the problem with Pentecost is not Pentecost, but it's people. They mocked to throw out the lip. It can also mean like the ocean pouring in. People that mock the Holy Ghost is constantly. One wave after another. The rolling of the sea, one wave after another. You ever heard somebody do that? Well, it ain't bad. It ain't good enough to talk about it right here. Let's leave and go get on Facebook and talk about it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Listen, I, I, I say this in great love. Be very careful. 
mocking this. Because blasphemy in the Holy Ghost is the only unforgivable sin that I've ever read about in the Word of God. So be very careful. Be very careful. Amen? Be very careful. Not everyone wants it. Not everyone wants it. And so those that don't want it will try to reason it down to fit their mind. There's other churches, they don't want it. So they teach their people that it's not real or even demonic to fit them. That's what they do. When the Holy Ghost filled me, and I got up speaking in tongues in that living room in that little trailer the next day, and we were going to get $20,000. We were going to get a two-story house. We were going to have 20 acres, 28 acres of land, and already a church that was there on the property was going to be given to us. But I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and I had to say no because God didn't want me in a Baptist church because now he had filled me with the Holy Ghost and fire and I had to go into that office and I had to look at them men and I had to tell them, Brother David, I can't take that. They said, who told you not to? I said, my God, if I had listened to a man, I would fall. But something has filled me. Something has changed me. Something has lit a fire on the inside of me. And he said, don't take that. I couldn't look back, Brother Michael, if I'd have said yes to that, to say this is that. I can look back today, Brother David, and say this is that. This is that when the Holy Ghost comes, that nothing is yours. I got a house I live in. It don't belong to me. It belongs to God. He said, give it all up. That's what the baptism will do. Everything that you think you got, sell it give it to these because they don't have anything. Take care of one another. The problem is not Pentecost. It's people. Oh, Y'all just may have to bear with me a little bit this morning. Not everyone wants it. If you'll recall in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6, after that he was seen above 500 brethren at once. Remember, he went to 500 men, but only 120 went into an upper room. So that other, that leaves a lot of room for 380 men to talk about them 120 (laughs) because they didn't want it (laughs) they didn't want unity (laughs) I don't guess because the Bible says about 120 they were one mind and one accord Sometimes you got to separate from the 380 somebody needs to hear me this morning just because the church down the road has got 380 (laughs) just because the church down the road has got 380 don't don't mean they're right with God brother I'm not saying it don't mean that they're wrong with God either but let me tell you you can't get your eyes on what you see in the flesh you better just follow where God says go I know the 120 knew what was in the vision of their mind it was 120 it was going to an upper room I said 380 got left behind but 120 went up brother and when that 120 went in got in the same eye Saint Accord in the same place in the assembly together not distance apart but they were together they didn't have padded pews they didn't have air conditioners nah they were one mind one accord brother they were rubbing elbows I don't they didn't say get off of me don't do this to me nah they were seeking God and when they were seeking God God came seeking them Hallelujah. And he fell on them. Be careful. Be careful following the crowd. Be careful following the crowd. Amen. Be careful. Listen, crowds are great. I'm not saying the church of 380 ain't godly. I'm sure they are. I don't know. I ain't talking about no specific church. Don't shoot me dead. All right. I'm just talking. I'm just preaching. Because we're, 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 we're carnal people at times, and we say, oh, that church is, the Lord's really with them. Look at the people there. 
God must be moving. Look at what they're doing. Oh, I ain't seen nothing yet. That 120 is going somewhere, brother. You see, not everybody wants it. And so here's what we do. We try to bring this. People say, I don't understand the Holy Ghost. I don't either. Show me, man, that does. Speak in tongues? I don't understand that. But what I do understand is what it does in here. I do get that. I don't understand it always, but man, I feel it right now. I don't understand why God would do that in me, but I know it's Him. Amen. I know it's Him. And so... Not everybody wants it. And so those that don't, don't want it, they try to reduce the Holy Ghost down to carnal thinking to something that can just be taught. Don't do this. You know why they don't want to do this? It's because they begin to lose control. Now listen, control and order are two different things. There is order in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit is always subject to the prophet. Pentecost will never take over the pulpit. Are you hearing me? Don't say, well, I'm Pentecostal. I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm going to move in the... I'm gonna... No, no, no. That will never cause division. The purpose of Pentecost is to bring unity, not divide. Amen. Now stay with me. Because people that are Pentecostal people can't say, oh, this is the way it is. It's people, not Pentecost. Are you hearing me? If you're not careful, Pentecostal people can become very prideful because they try to make somebody like they. Let's dress them up that way. Let's teach them this way. Amen. And so be careful. We got to follow the Holy Ghost. And so we try to bring this, this Holy Ghost down. But listen, here's why we don't want to really receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because now, why did 380 depart? They're fixing to lose everything. If they go with them, I'm fixing to have to sell something. If I go with them, I'm fixing to have to rub elbows with, you know, them, I don't really know about them. God's fixing to put me in tight quarters with some people that I just really can't get really agree with them. <laughs> so I really don't know if I want to go with that 120 or if I want to stay with this crowd over here because we kind of go together good. We gel together good. We never offend anybody. We never talk about the truth. We never discuss the gospel. We never discuss dying. We never discuss picking up our cross and follow. We never discuss any of those things. I think it would be better over here. And so 120 says, I'm going. I'm going. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it's fixing to mess up your ball games. It's fixing to mess up your desires personally. Go to college and play ball or go to ministry school. The Holy Ghost fixing to mess all that up. Because when the call of God comes, it messes everything up. Guess what the baptism of the Holy Ghost is fixing to mess up? It's fixing to mess up your sin party. It's fixing to mess up your sin. It's fixing to start fouling up your shame. That shame that you wanted to hide behind all these years, when the Holy Ghost baptizes you, it's fixing to mess that up and it's fixing to begin to pull the shame right off and you're fixing to be exposed. The Holy Ghost begins to mess everything up. I love what Brother Michael said the other day. He said, I thank God that he came and messed my life up. Pentecost becomes personal and it begins to get in the way of the flesh. It begins to get in the way of our accolades, our achievements, our ball fields, our degrees, our sin. Listen to this. Our schedules, our stagnation, our religion, our attitudes. Come on, somebody. I love what Brother Owen said the other day. He said, you can't come to this church and be a jerk any longer. Amen. All them others talking about the Holy Ghost. No, no, no. That's not okay. The Holy Ghost will come and disrupt your comfort zone. It'll disrupt everything about your life. Not everyone wants it, and so we try to avoid it. And we try to keep others away from it because I know if they ever get a touch of it, then it's going to make me feel uncomfortable in what I believe. 
You ever walk with somebody that was a part of the 380, Brother Scott? And then the Holy Ghost called you to be the 120? I can tell you this person right here, you, you're, you can be the 120, I'll be the 380, okay? We won't put that on you, I'll put it on me. Well, you got filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, you know what? Immediately, I'm going to start talking about you. I don't know what happened to him. He got demon-possessed. Now, I'm going to get further away. I need you to come with me. Come on. You know them over there at that church? <laughs> you know them over there? I can't believe that. Now, you're, you're a pastor. I'm a pastor. We're, we're, we're leading sheep, big congregations. But yet, we can't stand because he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Something must be wrong with him. Them others mocking. Come on. So we just keep going. Come on, Brother Michael. We're going to have prayer meetings on, on, on Friday mornings. And we're not really going to pray, but we're going to talk about what old Brother Scott Kelly got the other day. We're going to pray for him that he'll really come to his senses and get back over here where he's supposed to be. Look at all we got. Look at all we got. We got a lot, don't we? We're big. We're big. Look at him. He's nothing. That Holy Ghost, I mean, watch. You know what they told me? Just stay right there. Come on, Brother Chris, come up there. Come on, Russell. They're getting bigger. You know what I was told? I was fresh out of drug addiction. Five years in a drug program. Had nobody to rely on. I was this little man over here by myself. Just got married. God called me to be a pastor. I didn't know what I was doing. Called me to be a husband, 30 years old. I was nothing but a whoremonger and a dopehead. Think I knew how to be a, be a husband? My daddy died. Think I knew how to be a daddy? To two boys that came with my wife when I met her. Think I knew that? You know what them three men looked at me and told me? They were big. They got big churches, brother. I'm just this little P-mite. I ain't nothing but a dopehead. Are you hearing me? I ain't talking bad about nobody. I'm telling you reality. I'm telling you my life. I'm telling you my struggle over Pentecost this morning. I was a little man over here all alone. They told me, you believe the baptism in the Holy Ghost, you'll never make it. You'll fall flat on your face and the devil's going to pull the rug right out from underneath you. Let the air out of me. But I knew. I was making $20 every six weeks. And I had a family now. What are we going to do? The Holy Ghost taught me something. He said, He said, I'm fixing to teach you not to trust men. I'm going to teach you not to look at what they got. But I'm going to teach you to look to me because I own all the treasures in heaven and I own the cattle on a thousand hills and every land that the cattle on a thousand hills are walking on. And you are mine and I've bought you. And all I know to do is tell you, brother, from that time forward about 11 or 12 years ago, I can tell you to this day on Pentecost Sunday that when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, he's never failed me. He's never walked away from me. He's never forgotten me. He's never forsaken me. All I know to do is tell you, when God brought this little preacher to a Baptist church, the same Holy Ghost that filled me then fell in this church. Look around today. This is because Pentecost came. All God needs is a little man or woman. All God needs is a little David he can anoint. All God needs is a Saul that was bound by religion. All God needs is a Timothy. All God needs is a Peter that's willing to get out of the boat. All God needs is a Stephen that's willing to serve even in death. Look up to heaven. As Stephen's dying, the Lord said, Man full of the Holy Ghost will always get Jesus' attention, brother. Thank you all. Always. Jesus. Please, I ain't even going to apologize. It don't matter. 
going to apologize because it's real. It ain't made up. Is it made up? It ain't made up. I can say it. <laughs> I can say it. Hallelujah. Now, and unapologetic. Amen. I'm thankful for the grace of God. Amen. I'm thankful for the grace of God. Hallelujah. Stay with me. Man, I got to hurry. Programs will never replace Pentecost. Programs will never replace Pentecost. <laughs> I can tell you what these babies need. They need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. At our camp meeting this past year, right before COVID-19 hit, I seen kids line up in the hallway. The last night, I seen kids lined up, Sister Dana, down this hallway. I seen Brother Ryan come knock. He said, he said, I got kids lined up ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I said, do what? He said, yeah. He said, one of them standing right there just gave his life to Jesus. And he said he still wants to get baptized in the Holy Ghost right now. We opened that door, and them babies got up here on this platform. All I can tell you, they started laying hands one on another, and they began to speak in other tongues. I seen my little eight-year-old little Lakin walk through this door, and when he got about right here, the power of God hit that little boy. Tears flew down his eyes, and he was speaking in other tongues before he ever got to the platform. Nobody touched him. Nobody prayed for him, but the Holy Ghost of God came down upon that baby. I've seen much, too much for you to tell me it ain't real. I said I've seen too much for you to tell me it ain't real. And guess what? You can't take it from me. You can't buy it from me. Hallelujah. I'm talking about Pentecost. Amen. I feel Pentecost today. Programs will never replace Pentecost. Boy. Hallelujah. You got to be careful, all these Facebook preachers. <laughs> Programs will never replace Pentecost. Online services and social medias will never replace Pentecost. The assembly and Pentecost will always fall on the assembly. Listen, we have programmed our churches out of schedules. We, according to schedules, and we have put limitations and limits upon services, and Pentecost has no room to move. We have pushed Pentecost right out of the church. We're no longer radical. We no longer have any fear of the Holy Ghost or fear of Pentecost. It's all went out the window. We just come in. My heart has been grieved. I shared with our leadership Tuesday morning. We've had people after people after people. One person was walking out the door during revival. Worship leader at a Pentecostal church. I didn't have a clue where they went and it don't matter. She was walking out the door and I just went to introduce myself like this. And this person just unleashed everything. And they said, I don't know why I'm doing this. I never do this. The Holy Ghost bursted out. This person said, we were raised like this. But the church I go to is Baptocostal. No, they're not. It's a Pentecostal church. But they have become the form. What happened to Pentecost being the original. Pentecost is the original. Pentecost is the church. There is nothing else. There really is no other denomination. <laughs> Why have we let the other denominations form Pentecost instead of Pentecost forming the other churches to what the Word says, Brother Chris? Why isn't this the normal? it's offensive 
You better believe Pentecost is offensive. Do you really think that they wanted to just lay everything down and give up their lives and their homes and their money and their children's money? Do you think they really just wanted to lay everything down? No, but the Holy Ghost in them was greater than he that was in the world. When the Holy Ghost came upon them, it didn't determine the outcome. They, their flesh didn't determine the outcome. The Holy Ghost did. When have we gave in as the Pentecostal church to other denominationalism? When has the Pentecostal church gave in to churchianity? And let that form us instead of us forming it. Amen. Don't go quiet on me. People are prideful and Pentecost does away with pride. We like to think that we're somebody. But when the Holy Ghost baptizes you, you're nobody. Why do you think Jesus says, why do you think he said, Peter, hey, you're up today. <laughs> Peter, you're up today. But Jesus, it's the day of Pentecost. <laughs> we just came out of an upper room. And remember it wasn't long ago that you told me to feed your sheep. I know, Peter, you're up today. I don't even have a sermon ready. Yeah, but your heart's ready. We got to quit preparing sermons and prepare hearts. Prepare our hearts to preach the gospel. We're prideful people. Our churches have become closed. They become distanced. They become divided. They become dry. Our nation is on fire. Why? Because of pride. There's a strange fire. The church has limits. Why? Because of pride. But the world has none. The church has so many limits, but there's no limits on the world. <laughs> we put restrictions on everything. And we do it all in the name of submission. Well, be submissive. What are we submitting to? The Holy Ghost or man's will? All in the name of COVID-19, let's submit to this. What about lay hands on the sick? Oh, yeah, I forgot. We tore the page of Pentecost out. We have come creative as in the last days, the Word of God says in 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. We're prideful. God will oppose the proud, but He gives grace unto the humble. Listen, this is all I want. I'm fixing to say some things, and it's probably fixing to ruffle some feathers. And I asked God not to make me say this. And he said, who are you there for? We are so prideful that we like to argue with the Holy Ghost and with people and say, but if your Holy Ghost allows you to fornicate, you better get refilled. If your Holy Ghost allows you to stay in sin, we used to have this little saying, drink, smoke, and chew, and date women who do, then you better get refilled. If your Holy Ghost allows you to be racist, then you better get refilled. If your Holy Ghost don't push you to love, then you better get filled. If your Holy Ghost don't push you to be faithful to the assembly of the church, then you better get filled. If your Holy Ghost don't push you to be faithful to tithe and offer, then you've not allowed him to tell you if you don't, you're a thief and a robber, you better get filled. If your Holy Ghost don't push you to the call of God, then you better get filled. Because when the Holy Ghost of God that I'm preaching about today on the day of Pentecost comes in your life, when the fire falls, it messes up everything. I can't fornicate any longer. I can't drink any longer. I can't smoke any longer. I can't run the roads any longer. I can't go to the bars any longer. I can't talk about people any longer. In the middle of a pandemic, I got a tithe. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is stronger in me than that money. 
Pentecost. I just upset somebody. That's all right. The Holy Ghost and fire. That's what it does. That's what it does. I can tell you, before they went up there, guess who they had to get rid of? Old Judas. <laughs> hey, amen. He was a thief. Amen. Had to get rid of him. Amen. We're going somewhere, church. Hallelujah. I didn't want to say that, but the Holy Ghost did. Amen. Second point, the promise of Pentecost. Promise of Pentecost, Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. Verse 4 says, But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me. In Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. How many of you have ever wondered if the baptism of the Holy Ghost is for me? Anybody? Well, let me tell you, I just told you that this promise is for you. <laughs> so you can take that out of your mind. If you've ever wondered if it's for your children, I just read it to you. You can take that out of your mind. It's for them. It's for your children's children. <laughs> it's for generations to come. Amen. It's for Asher. It's for baby Bryson. It's for baby Chloe. It's for every baby that is being born in this house and that is getting ready to be born. If you go back and see and read in the Gospels, you'll see where the wombs and the inside of their wombs they live. John the Baptist, what did he do? He came out full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I believe these babies are going to be born filled up. Keep them in the house of God. It's for you, your children, your children's children. Those that are far off and all those that will repent and come to the Lord. So what we're preaching about today, it may be weird to you, but it's for you. If I were to come just get personal with you, you've probably done some weird stuff for the devil too. Come on. I'm sure none of you's ever been embarrassed when you lived like hell. You never embarrassed yourself when you lived for the devil, did you? Amen. Come on. Ah, yeah. But yet we come to the house of God, and I just read to you the word of truth and say it's for you, but yet we call that weird. <laughs> Get in. Amen. Jesus loves weird people. <laughs> He loves weird people. He loves nuts like us. You know what? He loves crazy people. I know what God did with 120, but I look around in this crowd today and I say, my goodness, what Jesus would do. <laughs> I read earlier, to fully come means to swamp a boat, to accomplish or to fill up fully. The promises of God are yes and amen. Amen. So the promise is for you. What is the purpose of Pentecost? Anybody know the purpose of all this? Anybody know? To be a witness. Do you know what that word witness means if you break it down? It means to become a martyr. It means when I got full of the Holy Ghost, then I'm willing to lay my life down on the line so that others may know Jesus. Whatever it costs. Purpose of Pentecost is to restore. In Exodus 32, 3,000 died when the law was given. On the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, 3,000 was saved. Can I tell you, Pentecost restores. Pentecost restores what the letter destroyed. Pentecost restores drug addicts. Pentecost restores broken marriages. 
Pentecost restores dead people and he makes them alive. Pentecost restores sons that were in the pig pen and rose up and came back to the father's house. I said 3,000 may have died in the old, but when the new came and the Holy Ghost fell, 3,000 came in. God restores. Hallelujah. God revives through Pentecost. I said God revives through Pentecost. Imagine what these 120 were going through. I can tell you there were some likes and some good folks in that upper room. Jesus' mother, she was there. Imagine how that heart must have felt. (laughs) Because as we read, Jesus never came back to her to console her. Imagine how her heart was in that upper room. Peter that had just felt like he was the biggest failure. And although Jesus reinstated him by grace and said, feed my sheep, now he's ascended. Man, I just wish I had one more moment to tell Jesus sorry. What about John and James? The one that just laid his head right there on his bosom. I wonder what he felt like in that upper room before the Holy Ghost came. I wonder what was going on in their minds, the turmoil. Mary Magdalene, who was delivered of seven devils, maybe just give me one more opportunity to anoint his feet and show him how grateful that I am that he brought deliverance to my life. Just one more moment. Confusion, confounded, brokenness, fear. What's going on? Now he's gone. And the Holy Ghost comes in. In the middle of the confusion, clarity comes. What is the purpose of revival? Brings clarity. (laughs) He brought revival upon them. Pentecost brings revival. Pentecost refreshes a weary soul. (laughs) How many of you have just been washed in the water of the Holy Ghost? Just imagine, just weary, just wore out. (laughs) The woman at the well, when she came to that well, don't you know she was over here hiding? She was trying nobody. Jesus was, she was coming in the middle of the day. But boy, Jesus was like, I see her coming. He was looking around that well. I see her coming. I feel her shame already. I believe Jesus was feeling her pain. He was looking. There she is. There she is. And he just steps up. And, and that day Jesus said, the water that I shall give you. Can I tell you, Jesus brought refreshment to the woman at the well. Can I tell you, she said, and if you'll drink of this water, she said, you'll never thirst again. Let me tell you, the living water brings refreshing to your soul. The refreshing waters of Pentecost will do things that the world could never do. And the fourth thing, the purpose of Pentecost is to reach the world. To reach the world. Here's what the Word of God says. I just read it. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Are you ready? Are you playing, Isaiah? Here's the purpose of Pentecost, to reach the world. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem. What did you see yesterday? They baptized a woman in water, and she came up speaking in tongues. Jerusalem, we've been seeing Jerusalem reached. Amen. We're seeing Jerusalem weeks right here in all Judea. You go out a little bit further. They went and fed how many meals yesterday at Dollar General? 250 people got food yesterday at the Dollar General. Mobile missions. And in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So I had some videos made. Y'all just bear with us. This may take a few minutes. Amen. Listen, I didn't play those videos to put you to sleep or to stop in the middle of the Holy Ghost moving. But let me tell you, that's Pentecost in a pandemic. Because if you've never been to a third world country and they can't get out and they don't have the rights that you've got, they don't have money to go purchase food, they don't have a stimulus check that's coming in, 
They don't have anything to rely on. And let me tell you, if that don't get you, goat, if that don't deal with your heart, then we need Pentecost to fall on our lives. That should never put us to sleep, but should always stir our heart within us. And let me tell you, the moment you put your feet on foreign soil, the purpose of Pentecost is to go and preach the gospel. The purpose of Pentecost is to become a martyr. It is to be willing to lay your life down. And let me tell you, when the Holy Ghost fell in this church, we couldn't contain what the Holy Ghost was doing on the inside of here. Amen. Let me tell you, church, that the purpose of Pentecost is to go preach this gospel into every nation, to every creature. Amen. Did you hear what Ariel said? There are people that will make heaven their home because some of you preach the gospel and they came under the influence of the anointing and the Holy Ghost that was on your life. There was Israel on there, Africa on there, Colombia. Dominican Republic since we've been here and the Holy Ghost fell this little church has been in 13 nations across the world has pushed back the darkness has built a church in Colombia that is the purpose of Pentecost I don't say that in pride I say that in humility but I say it with authority hallelujah hallelujah I say it in all authority. I do. The purpose of Pentecost is missions. Way back, way back before Pentecost had really fell in this church, we were still a Baptist church, and I had Pastor Lee come and preach, and he said, what would you like me to minister on? I said, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and missions. He said, well, you can't have one without the other. He said, because if you claim to be Pentecostal without missions, then you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Because the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the purpose of Pentecost is to reach the world. It's not to stop at your Jerusalem. Amen? It's not to stop at your... I could see some around here saying, I don't really know about all that. Let me tell you, when the Holy Ghost comes down, He'll begin to push you beyond borders. He'll begin to push you in ways that you've never been moved or pushed. I'm going to close with these two points. Amen? Let me tell you, Pentecost was created to be placed within people. In the old, it moved fire by night and a cloud by day. And then it moved into the ark or the presence in inside of the temple that was made with human hands. But can I tell you on the day of Pentecost when it had fully come, I can tell you the presence of that God was no longer in the sky, was no longer in a building, but now it is in a new temple. Who is that temple? It is you and I. I come to prophesy today that Pentecost was created to be put into you and I. And when Pentecost comes into you, you'll say like Peter and John did, silver and gold. Have I none but what I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus rise up and walk you'll begin to see things come back into place that were out people in John in, in Acts chapter 4 verse 13 they took notice that them men were ignorant unordinary fools but they had been with Jesus Acts chapter 5 verse 3 whew, and in Ice and Sapphira thought they could come in a Pentecostal church and play games some of you think you're going to be able to come in this house much longer into a Pentecostal church and play games and bring a little lie to the altar. Let me tell you what he said. He said, because you lie to who? The Holy Ghost. Because you lie to the Holy Ghost. Not because you lie to a preacher. Not because you allowed lie to a denomination. Not because you allowed to some other thing. But because you lied to the Holy Ghost, they died. When will we get a fear of God? Read Acts 5 verse 3 if you don't believe me. They brought a little lie. It was a good thing. Just hold a little money back. Acts 5 verse 12, laying hands on of the apostles. After they died, what happened? They were all healed. Acts chapter 6 verse 3, a man chosen, full of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, there's a lot of boards and big wheels trying to run houses of God. Very few filled with the Holy Ghost. It's time that leadership get baptized in the Holy Ghost just as it was here in Acts chapter 6. Let me tell you, if those that wipe tables need to be full of the Holy Ghost, then those that are preaching, those that are singing, those that are worshiping, those that are leading need a good old dose to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Acts chapter 7 verse 55, Stephen was the first martyr of the new church. He was full of the Holy Ghost. As he looked up, the Bible said he was full of the Holy Ghost and he seen Jesus 
to stand on his behalf. Acts chapter 9 verse 17, they were full of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 8 verse 14 and 15, the Bible's very clear. It said when they had received the word of the Lord and believed, he sent Peter and John. Some people's going to come by you and lay hands on you after you receive the word of the Lord and God's going to use those people so that you may receive the baptism. Acts 12 verse 5, the church prayed. Let me tell you, whenever the Holy Ghost filled church begins to pray one more time, prison doors will be open. <laughs> and people like Peter will be released from prison. The power of Pentecost, Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick that they shall recover. Speak with new tongues. What's changed? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing has changed. So this morning, I know I've went long. I just want you to stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. I want us to let the day of Pentecost fully come. Fully come. Sister Ruthie, y'all want to come? You got a song? If you're here this morning, just I want you to step out just by raw faith right where you are. If you're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you would say, today I'm ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want you to step out where you are and just come lift up your hands. If you're here today and you would feel, I believe that God is calling people today. Maybe some of those videos we just pray, pray, played from missionaries has stirred your heart to missions. And you would say, I believe, Pastor, that God's calling me to missions. I want you to step out of where you are and I want you to come.